0: Hello, people, and welcome to the year-end episode of Panels and Bars. You're joined as ever by me, Bibi Manic, and Patrick Allen, and this week we're covering Hawkeye. There's no news because I couldn't be bothered to research it. Patrick, what do you think about Hawkeye?
1: I loved it. I loved it so much. Uh, yeah, no, I think that up until this point everything we've covered on the podcast that's been like Marvel related has been, I've been a little bit like, yeah, it was all right. Uh, But yeah, this is the first thing that I was like totally into. Like uh, me and Logan watched it in one sitting, uh, five, five hours, Christmas day. We sat and watched the whole thing. uh, And yeah, every time one of them finished, we were like a little bit more. And then we just kept (laughs) going and like, he has low patience for TV as well. So that was really like I thought, I felt like that was real, like notable kind of thing. Like that he yeah, got in. He asked me a lot of questions about like other Marvel stuff, uh, which I think he's seen, but I guess just isn't paying like nerd levels of attention to like we are. Yeah, um, uh, yeah and like I liked the pacing. I liked the framing device with the six days of Christmas. Uh, I liked the persistence of things like their wounds. I liked the guest characters. I liked pretty much all of it. Uh, I was really happy with how they kind of, with the way that they portrayed Clint. Like, I like that he's not just okay after all the yeah. things that have happened to him. I think that that's really kind of notable. And yeah, I thought it was really good. What did you think?
0: Yeah. Um, so you've not read the, the series is based on, have you? No. So for those that haven't read it, the series is based on is a series called My Life as a Weapon, which i'm just gonna say is the best thing marvel comics have done in the past decade it's phenomenal it's funny it's brilliantly written and paced i could see that i knew they were going to struggle to adapt it because it's a very different hawkeye hawkeye in the marvel comics universe doesn't have a family he's he's an avenger but he's like a loser like there's a great issue in the story where he's trying to calm down a crowd of people and he's like it's okay everyone i'm an avenger and someone says are you Iron Fist? Like people don't know who he is, yeah. and he's just a bit of this. Like he he just sleeps with a bunch of women and every really calls them back. And the the dynamic in the comic is is very different. Hawkeye is just about surviving most of these adventures, and Kate is way more talented than him, and she's just really headstrong. And she know, she's like the arrogance that that Kate has in the TV show is earned in the t- in the comic. That so the the dynamic's a bit different. And like I said, it's just it's it's won all kinds of awards. It's got it's been on tons of end of year lists. It's just a really well written book, and I hold it to a really high standard. So when I saw they were going to adapt it, I was a bit like, mm. but I love it. It it just works. It works as an adaptation from the source material, but it also works in terms of the MCU. And like you said, I feel like they have learned from all those those previous shows we've kind of criticised. Where yeah, maybe we don't need thirteen episodes of this. Mm. You know, I mean, I think there was only one episode which I felt was slightly filler and that was Yelena's introduction. Something about that episode dragged a bit more for me than the others.
1: Well, were they have the chat and, and ate mac and cheese in the apartment?
0: No, the one where she f- shows up at the end.
1: That oh, whole right, episode yeah, was a yeah, bit yeah,
0: slow. Okay. But I mean, that's like, that's if I had to nitpick. Generally, I loved it. I thought she was great in it. I'd like, I could watch Florence Pugh do anything banter was really funny that like there was really good dialogue I, I liked all the characters in fact one thing that really surprised me is echo in the comics has always been like uh, so it's female daredevil but after this i think echo is genuinely one of my favorite mcu characters i'm really looking forward to her tv show i thought she was brilliant loved the actor that portrayed her loved the the fight scene she had and genuinely like cared about her and her motivation and what i thought was quite interesting is that i felt i really was waiting for the writers to kind of find this convenient way out of hawkeye having killed her dad Mm. and it was just like no i did it you should look into the into the King Bin, but I did it, and I, you know what I mean, like you know, with all these characters who they've given this kind of dark backstory or these, you know, we need to clear up our path. I really thought they'd find a way out of getting out the fact that he murdered tons of people when he was Ronan, and it just seems like, like in
1: like in Black Widow, where it turns out that she had to blow up the children, and oh, exactly. so the, the child isn't even dead.
0: Yeah, that's it. And with, with they, they with this, they really owned it. It's like, yeah, he was going through a dark time, so he just murdered everybody. <laughs> Yeah, which is kind of like it's quite refreshing for Disney.
1: I was surprised by how chill his wife was about it. She was being yeah. like, like, Oh, yeah, sure, sure, is uh, sure, is causing a lot of trouble. That murder spree you went on, and he was just like, <laughs> mm, Yes, yeah, it's, yes, yeah, it's pretty bad, mate. Like, speaking um,
0: of his wife, I love that they gave her more to do, but was also a bit disappointed that the massive MacGuffin of the watch was just a watch that she was a bit sentimental for and not like, you know, a watch that was going to cause the end of the world.
1: I don't think it was. I th- I read that as it's a watch that links her to S.H.I.E.L.D. because it's got a S.H.I.E.L.D. logo on it. And I assume... Yeah, I get that,
0: but it's like, what is the massive threat if people know she was a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent?
1: Um, well, I'm guessing that it's another way for people to track down his family, isn't it? I guess. Like, I, guess.
0: Kind of I was kind um, of hoping it'd be a watch that like if you set it to 12 past five, then people's hearts fall out of their ass or something like that would have been cool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I liked that. And I liked, I liked that he, what I really enjoyed was how in the first couple of episodes when he was doing Christmas with his kids, he was all like, Hey, you no know, kids. Things are okay, and then as soon as this kid's up there, he's all like, "Oh God, it's really hard <laughs> pretending to be okay all the time." Yeah, <laughs> um, and I really enjoyed the kind of balance between he's got his little kid who isn't old enough to understand that he's struggling and his older son who obviously is old enough to get it, and 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 is trying to help him, and then his middle daughter who's in that kind of she's in that kind of grey area where she's smart enough and old enough to know that something's up with him but not quite smart enough to understand what or why and like I thought yeah. that was really really good um, I really really appreciate this I mean yes, yeah, I, I guess we should talk about Kate because I thought she was she just fantastic absolutely like, brilliant absolutely brilliant Katie um, Stanfield
0: now falling into that category of people who have played more than one Marvel character and she's brilliant as both of them
1: what well, who else, I who love else is Kate.
0: she? she's Spider-Man oh is she?
1: okay Yeah. Cool. Um, I,
0: love- I love her in both those roles and yeah i can't wait to see her do more in this she was she was great like that that kind of full of the self cocksure character who's got that snappy banter is a real thin line before you get too annoying with it and she's just so charismatic and not just that they bounce off each other really well yeah. like the scene with the trick arrows is one of the best from the comic and I just thought they translated that brilliantly. Like I loved that scene with them trying to not only is she being like, Why do you have all these weird arrows? But also he can't hear her asking about the weird arrows. I just thought yeah. it was brilliant.
1: In fairness, I thought as a whole, uh, the the him going deaf was just an excellent addition to the plot. Like
0: Yeah, love that montage that explained why possibly yeah that was <laughs> many so funny
1: he's been doing. yeah when she's like why have you gone <laughs> how did you go deaf and he just thinks back to 10 of the things it could have been he's all like ah, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to say I mean, but I really like that, that reinforces that like sure Thor and Captain America can get blown up over and over again but Hawkeye's just some dude and he's got to the yeah. point where like I liked how achy and injured he was all the time how he was always yeah. sitting there being all like oh god it hurts all I, over I love, like, I love in the finale
0: he was like you know what I might just not come down from this tree.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause, cause he's just tired, isn't he? And I thought that actually that was a much better, the combination of, of that. I feel like when you do a passing the torch kind of story, it can feel really forced. Yeah. But the combination of him being clearly tired and obviously wanting to spend more time with his family really worked to be like okay so it made sense that he would want to have somebody be the new Hawkeye yeah and so that he could like yeah and I thought that and him warning her and being all like it's not an easy life like things are difficult I really yeah I thought all of that was really really good really well handled yeah um my favorite my favorite scene was the bit where they were sat out on the porch and she was all like we should feed the dog and then he was talking to her and then he was all like we should feed the dog and like I I thought like, yeah, and I thought it was a really good line between like it wasn't like ha, 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 he's deaf, yeah it but it was, but it was playing with like the humor of him not being used to being deaf, yeah. do you know what I mean, and I thought that that was really, really good, got um, the scene with his son, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, and and that was the thing as well, that like they used it for. They used it to give him some humanity. They used it for emotional moments. They used it for humorous moments, and I thought all that really kind of like all together reinforced. It was a really good plot point, yeah. Um, and it was a really good, and also like you know, it's more disabled representation. It yeah. was it gives it gives him kind of like a little a little twist, I guess. Yeah, for one I mean, better it's, word. It's, yeah, it's, like
0: that's, that's one of the things in the comics, and one of the things they, that's also in the comics that I loved how they handled in this is the thing where Hawkeye can basically turn anything that weighs more than a penny into a weapon that's that's been a long-running thing in the comic but in the comic he's kind of like hey look at me and what i love about mcu hawkeye is it takes him a while to kind of open up and say something like that and even then you can see he feels a bit embarrassed boasting about it and i think that's quite it kind of differentiates him between the other avengers because obviously iron man is like hey entire world look at me and thor even though he becomes Mm -hmm. less arrogant he still has that, yeah, I'm Thor and I'll pose for selfies. And Hawkeye's the one guy who almost feels like an imposter, like he doesn't feel, fit in. So I think him having a little moment where he's actually like, actually, yeah, this is kind of a cool thing I can do. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I think I think they showed a real, uh, another side to him. And I, I just, yeah, it was great.
1: Well, I love the the balance as well where he was a bit like, oh yeah, you know, I can split an arrow with another arrow. And she was like, no, you can't. And he was all like, oh, yeah, I, I can do all kinds of things. And she was all like, oh, I don't believe you. And he was all like, look at me. Like he had this moment where he was all like, well, I can, so I'm going to prove it. Yeah. Um. And then, and then him teaching her to do the, like, I really liked how organic the kind of relationship between them was and the bonding and the mentor kind of stuff. Like yeah. she, I, I liked that she was eager for him to teach her things, but he was kind of a bit reticent, but came around to it. Yeah. Um, I really, I loved the bit in the last episode where he was all like, you're my partner. Um, I thought that was really, really nice. Yeah. And, and I, I felt like it gave like their relationship, both of their characters. I really I, I really like the balance between Kate kind of she was so sure of herself at first, and then like as she got more into it, she was all like, This is a lot. I've taken <laughs> a lot here. And she got kind of scared, and then she needed him to encourage her. Uh, I loved their Christmas movie marathon episode, like the whole thing, yeah. like their relationship was perfect throughout, I think yeah um,
0: agreed a great great support really likes- as well Marvel has a habit of like look at these quirky characters and I'm like no you're actually taking screen time from the characters I like but I liked the LARPers you know <laughs> I thought Yelena was great tying that in you know one thing I loved about Yelena it's funny this many things on I should be kind of annoyed about the fact they keep bringing up the blip but one thing the TV shows have done really well is showing you the blip from the perspective of people that experienced it so yeah i loved um oh god who was it who was it who was it who was it that experienced it in division? god why I can't oh, remember was, her um, name
1: it was it was that lady uh monica
0: yeah so monica i loved seeing her you know she was she was in the hospital and everyone was like oh wait you're back after five years but i thought yeah the way you like imagine being in a room that had like been redecorated for you and it feels like it's five seconds you'd be like what the hell is happening, and then she steps out as yeah. a five-year-old child. Like, <laughs> it's, I, I thought that was great.
1: Yeah, I thought that scene was fantastic. Everyone say if we're getting onto it, um I thought elena was the best thing in it. By a, by a I mile. really kind of I hope she gets her own <laughs> TV show. <laughs> What I would say is that, like, between this and Black Widow, I think that she's, like, rapidly just become one of my favourite characters in the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, like, cool. she Okay, is I mean, yeah,
0: spoiler territory for everyone. Sorry, I mean, I think we did pretty well. 13 minutes, but yeah, th- spoiler territory. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, I really love that she's, like... She's so into being herself. Like, she's, she's funny and she's at ease and, like, she has moments where things are difficult for her, but she is confident in who she is. And I feel like that's one of the things that makes her so likable. She's so funny. Florence Pugh can carry the whole range. She can be funny and she can be heartfelt and she can be scary. She's, she's just, spectacular yeah and i honestly think yeah like of all the characters they've introduced and certainly in the new phases but also i think in general throughout the whole mcu she's great i think she's one of the most instantly likable yeah like because i mean the thing is
0: as you said with with the series ending with hawkeye essentially saying hey you're hawkeye now it's very obvious now that marvel is building to young avengers and Mm rather than be a whole new range of brand new characters it's going to be kid version of this kid version of that so she's obviously going to fill black widow's boots and what i love is that rather than just be like i'm scarlett johansson but blonde she is her own character and completely differentiates herself not just the fighting stance but as you said the character is completely different from a character who was very closed off reserved she's just really like upfront about yeah i kill people and i'm really yeah. good at it and i'm very funny
1: Well, also, I would say that, like, she's got a kind of spark to her that, for me, the MCU version of Nat never had. Mm. Like, I like, I like Scully Hamilton's Black Widow, but, like, in a kind of, yeah, she's fine kind of way. Whereas, like, instantly, Yelena is like, I'm like, she's the best thing in (laughs) this, in everything that she's in. And that is really kind of like, like, I, I can't wait to see her again. Yeah, I would happily watch her in, any I think there's only one and character
0: like, I'm not gonna say I didn't like, um, but I felt like Kate's mum to have such a fantastic actor who I've seen act other people under the table with ease numerous times. They didn't really do anything with her. I know a lot of people thought she was probably gonna be Madame Mask at the end of it, and I kind of thought that why would you hire someone so big if you weren't gonna have them be Madame Mask? And then yeah, she just didn't really do anything we all saw the we all saw her being bad coming from a mile off and it just didn't really carry that much weight when it finally landed no i
1: think that what really didn't sell the twist was that she was just such a dick through the whole thing like she just seemed like such a dick all the time yeah was kind of like I didn't like her. No. I didn't understand why Kate cared about her, really. Like, even when she was, like, a little kid, her mum was kind of just a dick all the time. And it was just a bit like, so then when she was bad, I mean, I did really appreciate that bit where she was talking to Kate and she was all like, she was like, the world's complicated, Kate. Sometimes you just end up working for mobsters <laughs> and then she was being all like you're not going to arrest your bub on christmas is that what heroes are? i thought that was really funny yeah um and and i liked the bit where she hit the guy with the car that was that was kind of cool yeah but, but outside of that yeah i thought she was was kind of wasting. yeah um i did right like, i
0: did like that was it jack the stepdad
1: yeah a a jack i just like that he
0: was uh, i mean i'm gonna say a good guy he still definitely took part in the underground auction and stole ronin's sword but he seems like a pretty good dude
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he was just like it like like what I thought was good about him was that he was so like cartoonishly bad. Like he was he with his mustache and his sword <laughs> collection, it was like it was it was too obvious that yeah. he could be like an actual bad guy. But then what I really appreciated was the way that like like at the end of the last episode, how he he'd clearly been waiting his whole life for an opportunity to use his sword <laughs> And he was like well into it. He was really funny. Yeah. And he was one of those characters where every time he came on screen, I was all like, "What's he going to say?" Yeah. Because it was all kind of gold. All but the- <laughs> I loved his and and I really like the way it reframes things. Because if he's not a bad guy, like he actually bought that book about being a stepdad. To try yeah. And, like, to try and be, be nice to and nice it. And stuff, yeah. Like- um and, and, that, and, that, and even when she stuff, was like,
0: I'm really sorry that my mum did all those horrible things to you, he's like, I'll talk to her about it, it'll be fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the idea that even after she'd framed him for all those crimes, he was all like, I'm a bit I'm a bit irritated, but I still love you. Like, <laughs> he's actually the most wholesome character in the whole thing. He's like yeah. the nicest person in Hawkeye. And I really but you can't but you don't think he's gonna be the nicest person in Hawkeye because no. he's got a mean looking moustache. Yeah. And 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 i thought that was really good yeah i loved the loppers i thought they were especially girls yeah i thought it was really i really liked that he could have could that could have just been one scene it could have just been one throwaway character but i liked that when clint had nowhere to go he was all like well i, I do know one guy who would be super psyched if i knocked on his door <laughs> yeah. um i
0: you know what, i gotta say i loved the scene when he first went laughing as well and slowly yeah. let himself enjoy it that was great yeah
1: yeah, it really was. And I loved the persistence of the dog. I loved that she rescued the dog and then she had to take the dog home and then they had to figure out what they were going to do with the dog. <laughs> and like, I really liked that so often in shows, something like that would just get like brushed aside. Yeah. Or the dog would just turn up in the last episode and he'd be fine even though nobody had been taken care so, of. But so they- everyone
0: that hasn't read the comic, once again, I mean, you should read it anyway. But uh, so in the comic, once again, because things are flipped, Clint discovers the dog. Um, it belongs to the tracksuit mafia in the comics and we'll get to the tracksuit mafia and he rescues it, takes it in calls it lucky. But one of the best things about the entire series is there's an issue that takes place from lucky's point of view. And what's incredible about it is obviously as he's a dog, he only knows certain words. So whenever you see humans speak, most of the speech bubbles are obscured and then you might see like sit, walk, because those are only the only words he recognizes <laughs> and it's just brilliantly done and they do a, a loads of thing amazing things like that there's like there's an episode where i think he i think he loses his hearing aid clint so i think the entire episode is silent and he communicates through real american sign language to most people through the episode so yeah i, I was i loved seeing all those things integrated into the tv show there's there's so much about it i love i love the villains tracksuit mafia one of my favorite like branch of villains in the comics and i was so worried they'd go too overboard with it in the show and i think they could have i think the good thing about the show is to show you when to use them if you have too much of them especially with the bro thing it can be a bit silly and overboard but i love them we'll get to the big villain but loved echo loved echoes i don't know if he was her significant other or just best friend but i actually did love that yeah i loved that it wasn't immediately obvious he wasn't on her side you know for the first few episodes she yeah. did seem really loyal and then obviously slowly you start to see the cracks form in that relationship
1: well it still seemed like it wasn't like a oh i secretly hate you kind of thing yeah like even at the end he still clearly cared about her he was just jealous and, yeah. and i thought that that really worked really well to humanize him i thought echo was fantastic yes i loved all of her fight scenes also sorry um, sorry
0: to cut off just small point The casting, I don't know if you you even like... It really hit me. I don't know if people really thought about this. But the casting of the younger Echo in the flashback... So good. That girl looks like a... Like, it's perfect. I haven't seen casting that good since the flashbacks in uh, Orange is the New Black. Like, hats off to whoever cast that little girl. She is the spitting image of her. Sorry, go on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and um, I really loved that scene where they were fighting in like the the place with the ride on unicorns. Where... She kicked the shit out of Hawkeye right as he picked up the bow, and then immediately he just kind of turned it round because' he had his weapon back, yes, um I, I yeah, like I really liked, and I really liked with the Trek Street Matthew the little bits like like the the I bought her Imagine dragons tickets t- <laughs> scene like that was really funny, and the callback later on was really good, yeah. I really liked that, yeah, like I know um, we're gonna have to fight, but
0: thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and like the Royal Tenenbaums bit where he was where he was talking about the tracksuits and stuff. <laughs> that was so funny. Run DMC. Like, that's
0: classic tracksuit.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, and that was like, yeah, I thought they were really a really, really really engaging, um, a really engaging kind of force. And in terms of like, on top of the like, you know the the bits where it Clint turned it around the, when he pinned us to the wall with the two arrows. Yep. the bit where he caught the Molotov and threw it back. Like I've, it had I just, I've got to
0: say, like this entire series has done more for hawkeye than his entire decade in the mcu he is such a badass in this he's so cool that episode with the trick arrows where he's just like effortless the thing with the PIM arrow on the bridge Mm. insane and like you say him being trapped by the mafia and just jumping over cabinets and just i think what's great about him is you can really tell he's come from a, a spy background of just having to improvise on the fly. It's kind of like Ethan Hunt thing of like, what do I have in this room at my disposal? How many people are there? Okay, there's that many yeah. people. I have this many arrows. I need to do this, this, and this to hit this objective. And the show just made you believe he's a man that's capable of that.
1: Yeah, the catch and release was really good. I really liked Kate repeatedly ruining plans that he made, <laughs> which would have gone fine if she hadn't ruined them. a um, the bit where he hid in the ball pit, Yes. I really liked that. That was that, like, just like those little moments, like where, yeah, where, like you say, where he saw what was around him and he used it to his advantage. And I thought that that was just—I really liked the bit where he put the Ronin suit back on and went full Batman yeah. on them all in the in the in the parking lot and like, and he was just like nowhere to be seen and they were just getting yeah. dragged out from behind things. I like, mean,
0: one, one yeah. thing you've said that's great, yeah, is it really is that uh, they're just on opposite ends of the scale. It's like, like we we joked about him not coming out of the tree, but there's probably also an element of him that was like, I can't come out of the tree where I am now because I'll land in the ice and if I'm surrounded, I'll have nowhere to go. But because Kate doesn't think like that, she foolishly uses the acid arrow, they end up in the ice and they're surrounded. And so that's the thing, she's not, had that level of experience he has so she doesn't think about where are my exits what you know what's what's where's my vantage point where are my vulnerabilities whereas that's that's all he thinks about you know even when he's with his kids he is looking for how do i get here and wh- how do i escape and what do i do
1: yeah well and also her weakness being her lack of experience leaves space for her to be just as good as an archer as him yeah like in in like she's she's just as good at saving and archery and stuff the only difference is that she's not done it as much yeah so like yeah, and those kind of, and I love, I love the zip line across the street. I assume she didn't weigh enough, because so he like calculated the vantage point. But because she was lighter than him, the zip line didn't work, yeah. and she had to like awkwardly shoot herself a along. That was so funny. Um, and yeah, like I thought that that like I really liked. They there was you know there were a couple of slow motion arrow shots, but there was one like right at the start of the first episode, and I was a bit like, oh god, is this going to be like yeah. all of it? But actually, they used them quite sparingly yeah. at reasonable points, and I liked all of the ones that they put in there. Um, yeah, like I, I've got to say, like all in, all the way through, I thought that the scene where Elena came to her house and they talked over the food was the best scene in the thing. It's so good. Uh, by- I, I
0: don't know if you heard, but. Um- uh so for for people that don't know traditionally in any movie or tv show when someone's eating uh either you're gonna fake it or if you do it for real because of numerous takes and, and whatnot they have a spit bucket so unfortunately it's like some stage hand that's sat behind the table and you take a bite and then as soon as the camera pants the next person you spit in the bucket and someone who was involved in the show was asked did Florence Pugh have a spit bucket and they were like nope she ate tons of mac and cheese and it was her idea and the hot sauce was also her idea. So apparently like for all the takes she was just really yaving and like just going to town on this uh, mac and cheese.
1: Awesome. <laughs> so just yeah, another and, and reason to love her. That, like, yeah, and like that whole scene was so good. Every scene she had was so good. Yeah. Like you say, the the blip scene, the final scene with her and Hawkeye when they were fighting. Oh, that I was so good. That. Once like, again,
0: one of the things that these shows do really, really well and I don't know why we're not seeing it in the movies is how was that scene and I mean to be fair they kind of cheated because whilst you had that scene you did get your your fight later on with Echo so there was a big big fight at the end and obviously there was a fight with the villain we'll get to in a minute but I did like that this is another Marvel TV show that ends with conversation you know yeah. so One Division, you had the two visions talking it out and even though Wanda had her big CGI battle, you know, she finds a clever way to get around that. She uses a witch's magic against her. And I liked that Hawkeye was like, I'm not going to fight you. I-, I loved your sister. I don't have a problem with you. I'm not going to fight you. And eventually like, you know, Florence Pugh, she just shined in that from going from that yeah. rage where she was just in a blind rage to really listening to his voice. And then, understanding him i thought that the wolf thing that the wolf whistle was a bit of a cop out it was kind of like did she tell you that though but you know you know, it's a way to actually i guess to show look i, I know you and i know about you and I, I i know i knew your sister
1: well and i think that's fair enough i i think that it, i totally buy the idea that when nat and clint run their own she would tell him loads more i about guess I mean, but the thing is you know stuff.
0: you know a good point that someone online made they were like it doesn't mean he didn't kill her sister because he also could have just got that information out of her before when he tortured her before he killed her.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what I didn't understand was why he didn't, why he wasn't like she didn't sacrifice herself for me. She sacrificed herself for you. Yeah, because that seemed like the obvious subtext yeah. to what was going on there. Um, but like, but yeah, and I thought that his little flashbacks to Nat dying, like when he had when he closed his eyes to try and sit down in the re- in the in the apartment, he was and all he could think about was like the horrible shit that had happened to him i thought that was really effective yeah Um, it's one of the things that
0: like you know iron man 3 got right because yeah it's cool saving the world and having these fights but then like you see a lot of people die and even if you don't die you're in horrible traumatic situations where people are trying to kill you and i mean this is the stuff we know about Hawkeye. he probably had a bunch of that before the avengers was formed so there's even more stuff to tap into with that you know but like you say, he's then trying to be a normal person and raise kids, and it's like, how do you?
1: Yeah, and like um, I loved the bit where Kate and and, and Elena fought over getting in the lift. And so then good. That whole like sequence where they were fighting uh, with the tracking shot through the same floor, and then they were like complimenting each other on how they have done <laughs> in the fighting and stuff. Like all of that was just excellent. Like, yeah. I, it it made everybody really likable.
0: Um, I loved when Clint split the, split the arrow. And um, yeah. he was like, nice shot. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I've been an incredible archer. Like, what you, do you think?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm brilliant at this. Yeah, like, um, yeah, and I really liked, I, like you said, I liked the LARPers and I liked the way that they, that they like recruited them because they were all like, uh, emergency service workers, so they were up for helping and yeah. stuff. Um, I loved the new costumes and the fact that when Clint took his took his jacket off and he was wearing the costume, and Kate was like super excited. He was a bit like, "Yeah, all right, yeah, right, come like, I've, I've, I've done it." But like,
0: so this is a minor, nitpicky thing, and I had I had this problem with Spider Man. In fact, I've had this problem with most Marvel things, and I don't know if it's all the writers have this in common or if it's a direct thing from kevin feige but i'm gonna need the mcu to stop thinking it's so much cooler than the comics when kate first did her sketch and her sketch the in joke of that sketch is it's the costume that clint wears in the comic and he's like my wife would murder me if i wore something like that it's a good costume right you're not that much cooler than the comics i need you to cut this shit out like in spider-man there's the scene where the kids laugh at otto octavius and yeah i get it kids probably would find i don't know his name kind of funny but also you live in a world where the betty brant and a peter parker you all have alliterative names otto octavius isn't that funny (laughs) right and Uh, i'm just sick uh, of the mcu being like (laughs) oh my gosh how stupid is that you're
1: not that much cooler what i said to logan was like superhero films in general, but especially old films, they fucking love that joke where somebody draws costume and then they show it to the one and then they're all like, oh, I would never wear that costume and it's the costume from the comics. Yeah. They like it's literally, it's in like Jessica Jones, yeah. it's in it's in X-Men, it's in it's in everything. Yeah. They just love that joke. Like, oh, the, the comic costume would look silly in the real world.
0: What were you expecting? Yellow
1: spandex? Yeah, exactly. And it's just a bit like like at this stage, like I, I'm, I'm fully on board. I don't think most of the comic book costumes would work in the real world, but we already know that. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, we're we we're already aware that it would look weird if they were wearing perfectly comic accurate costumes. Yeah, and like it's no that's it it's 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 we've passed that point now it's just just eye rolling like 21 year old yes
0: that's it i mean yeah Yeah, that's a minor thing it was it was a one second line but i just thought can we kill that trope i'm sick of it i get it your costume designers are way cooler than jack kirby good for you can we move on please
1: but the other thing is they're not like hawkeye's costumes from the end are bland yeah they are bland and boring and they're fine <laughs> i guess but they are not memorable and they're not impressive and they're not iconic and yeah. they're not going to be something and, that and also be as, you, you, as you
0: said it's funny because there's this big argument that those costumes wouldn't work in the real world but in the one division halloween episode where they essentially wore their comic ep- their comic uh, costumes the thing i thought is you know what Those colours work. They're not jarring. They don't look stupid. You've made them look homemade. But if they were given those same kind of like intricate panels and textures that the movie costumes were, they'd still look great. Vision's character, his colour looked great. Wonder looked great. So that was for me was just an argument for, yeah, maybe you guys actually do need to be braver and actually go a bit closer to the roots. But like I said, Kevin Feige is a bit too afraid of the origins of these things. Kingpin. Let's talk about the Kingpin.
1: Um, I mean, this is the one area with with the hype for the show that I was a bit like. I mean, it was fine. Yeah, it was. I I, I I I like Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. He is the best thing in Daredevil, and I'm really excited to see him back in in the MCU. I don't think that he died at the end. So, have, really sure so have you read the origin comic? Yeah, he gets he gets blinded, right? Yeah. Like, so in the, the comic, blinded, for those that haven't
0: read it echo does shoot him in the face she shoots him in the eyes and then he goes off to europe and then he comes back and he's like i'm fine i'm actually fine and i'm very angry so i don't know if they're going to do that um and they might do because the recuperation period gives them time to maybe figure out what he's going to be in next because obviously, there's a few projects yeah. after this um it would be great if the next thing he's in is beating the crap out of tom holland i would <laughs> love to see that
1: yeah i'd like that as well
0: I kind of feel like maybe she shot off to the side of him or something and said, this is your warning, get out of New York. And maybe she's done something like that. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was uh, and, and, and don't get me wrong, like he is the spectacular actor and he's he was great in this. Yeah, he wasn't really in it enough. For it to kind of like her mum was the bad guy. Yeah. He was just kind of there. Yeah. Um, I appreciated that they'd made him stronger. Comic book accurate strength strength. I like um uh, you know, I like him, I like the door ripping and stuff. Yeah. Um I thought I thought his fight was good. But I mean My thing was had I, they made him stronger
0: or is it the fact that Kate weighs a fraction of what Matt Murdock weighs? So, like, when he punched her, it seemed like he was significantly stronger.
1: No, bro, he ripped a car door off its hinges with his bands. Like he's, he's, he's done similar stronger.
0: things in the TV show. <laughs>
1: I don't think, no, because like, you can, you, the, the, his durability is explained away in the TV show by the Kevlar suit he's wearing yeah. um, and stuff, but like, it, it, in, in Daredevil, he was like, I have to slam this car door on your head five times to kill you, yeah. <laughs> but like, but he wasn't, but like, you know, he wasn't like, like, the guy who can rip this car door off its hinges would have killed that person with one slam. yeah, that's true. It was just pulverized. In fact, they wouldn't even needed the car door. just crushed the head. Um, I thought it was interesting that I felt like there was a definite way in which he was a little bit less scary and violent. That might have something to
0: do with the red Hawaiian shirt that he wore for most of the
1: episode. (laughs) And the fedora. I think it's more... I think it's more like you have to do with the fact that he's that he's changed from like a kind of a 15 rated into a kind of PG 15 yeah. world um, I, th- I think the thing is you, I guess- you, got that,
0: you got the sense that he was still very intimidating and someone to take seriously but I think yeah like you said there's something about his demeanour so for instance that that episode where spoilers for like a I guess a 5 year old show but the episode where he kills Ben Urich there's something about the way he talks in that speech that instantly lets you know ooh this isn't going to end well and yeah. and that seems like a yeah, like you said it seems like a different person from the guy who just lets her mum walk out of the building. I feel like that kingpin wouldn't even let her get up out of her chair. So yeah, there yeah, definitely absolutely. was a slight difference in his demeanor. But yeah, we'll, we'll mm. see how he integrates into the MCU.
1: But I also I think that D'Onofrio still like he was a scene stealer. Like the, the his scene his scene with her mum, his scene with Echo. They were they were they were still electric. He's yeah. he's still got it. And I would be, like you, I would be really, really excited to see him in a Spider-Man movie Um, or a Daredevil thing. Yeah. I don't know. What are they going to do with Daredevil?
0: I have a feeling we'll probably see him next in Moon Knight. That's the thing that kind of makes the most sense to me.
1: Yeah, probably. Like a kind of Marvel Knights type Yeah, they're
0: both kind of street Um, level, in the shadows type characters. Um, Although there's been a lot of rumour that obviously with She-Hulk surrounding lawyers there's probably going to be an episode where he defends someone she's prosecuting or vice versa. So he might turn up in that. And, um, I've heard he's got very good comic timing. So it'd be great to see him in a comedy as well.
1: I think it's difficult with Daredevil because he's always been in this weird kind of gray area where he's not quite movie lead kind of material, but he's not quite, he's a bit too, he's a a bit bit bigger than a TV
0: show. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: like I don't know what he means. The thing like, is, I like think if Kevin Feige didn't feel
0: like everything had to be end of the world stakes, I would mm. love to just see a street level Daredevil. He kind of deals with something a bit. You know, it's just a guy. I would love to see that. But I think Kevin Feige feels like everything has to be. If I don't get this device and reverse the polarity, New York is pulverized, and it's like it could just be that this shit is going to burn the neighbourhood down and Daredevil's going to stop him.
1: Well, and that was what I really, really appreciated about this and about the watch not being some sort of big magic thing was that, in fact, this was all kind of, it was personal, it was street level, it was, like, it had organised crime and it had personal, I I really appreciated that because it made it much easier to get invested in because it's not some stupid world-ending magic thing. And,
0: you know, I I think one thing they did really well is, like, I think the problem the MCU has had since the introduction of The Avengers is and you know we'll probably talk about it in uh, what's really good it's one of the things that if you want to be nitpicking a dick about uh, No where home suffers from because you the first thing you think in all these stories is why don't you just call the avengers you know in yeah. in falcon and winter soldier why don't you just call the avengers but the re- reason it works in this is because as we've seen hawkeye is he's a private person he's proud yeah. and also this is his mess ronin was his mess the watch is something he wants as few people as possible to know about so it actually it makes sense you it's justifiable why you wouldn't call these people it's it shouldn't have gone as far as it's gone anyway you just want to wrap it up without involving any more people so i think that was great
1: well i think especially because the few people who Clint might have called Nat's dead, like and the people who have kind of like he doesn't know Sam well enough to ask for his help, yeah. does he? Like it's just Curry's like, apparently still that. not on
0: the planet, so
1: yeah. So like I think that that works really well because like even the people who he might have trusted enough aren't around at the moment. Yeah, he, you know, he's got he's pretty close to Wanda, but I'm assuming he doesn't know where she is, yeah. like and that I think is I think that worked really well. I really like that it was set at Christmas, yeah. I, I liked I really liked I liked, yeah, and I think we've covered most of it, but damn, like yeah, and no, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was great. It's Me easily too. the best Disney Plus show. To I think so. By miles, I think. So. Miles. I think Disney. Um,
0: if you're listening, just keep them short and sweet. Like as much as we love to binge yeah. these things, and as much as we love to see as much as possible of these characters, it was tight. It got to the point. Like I said, the one episode I would maybe call a filler was just slower than the others. It wasn't bad by any means. It was just slower than the others. It was great. It was. I love the cast I love the cast I love the opening credits Yep. Um. Yeah More of that please Oh
1: I tell you what I've got one mild One mild complaint as well Go on The The middle of the credits Was funny But I like when there's something Plot related there Rather than just The same joke From earlier on But longer Yeah Yeah Although I kind
0: of It was incredible How audacious it was Because after the first 10 seconds I was like Haha Oh, they're still going. It's the yeah. entire production.
1: And I was really I couldn't believe how elaborate it was. Yeah, and it went on for ages. And it was funny. Yeah. Like, and I did enjoy it, but I feel like it would have made a good like end of credit stinger after something after real. Something
0: significant. Middle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, um but like but yeah, all in but, but I thought that the scene in the first episode where he went to the musical was really funny. It was great. Um, love that guy in the toilet um,
0: being like can i get your picture now
1: and him just be, yeah, i don't so want creepy. to be
0: famous i don't <laughs> want this
1: <laughs> yeah and and i really liked the conversations throughout where kate was being like it's a branding issue and you got this really strong idea that Clint was being all like i don't want people to recognize me <laughs> yeah. like, that's I, it, you I know that's and that's another to...
0: great aspect of his character because the avengers are and i've said this before but I, I think one big problem i have with marvel is that celebrities don't seem to exist in that universe like if you look at how big chris evans is in our world if chris Chris evans could lift a car over his head he'd be even more popular so it's kind of insane that they don't have fans um but i like that they kind of lead into that a bit but yeah like you have to think about someone like clint for however long he's been avenger he's probably been a shield operative longer so his default Mm. setting is I shouldn't be recognisable in public. In fact, even being in public exposes me.
1: So that's why he has a branding issue. And he kind of has some fans. Like, he's obviously done some interviews. Kate's his fan. Yeah. So, like, it's not like he's not ever been willing to try that at all. But, like, it's obviously something that he's not comfortable with. I saw a really good tweet online where somebody was all like, Why does nobody recognize him? Yeah. And I was and then somebody else was a bit like, it's like Tony Hawk syndrome. Like he's not acting like a celebrity. He's not got his bow and arrow with him. Yeah. He's not in the place where you'd expect Hawkeye to be. So actually he can just walk around looking like because he's not like he's not and he's not Captain America. Do you know what I mean? Like I yeah. really liked the bit in the musical where where they were all like Captain America's this and Hawkeye's this, and Clinton <laughs> Hawkeye seems he seems nice. Like and, and I thought that, that was really like, I really liked that. Like, yeah. like people... Because people did see him and go, hey, you're Hawkeye. But, like, not loads. Yeah. And I kind of believed that based on his demeanour and the way that he's been portrayed in the previous movies and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, like I, I, yeah. There was yeah, a really I, sweet I, moment I, in just, that scene,
0: actually, where a young girl smiled at him and his smile back was quite uneasy because you could yeah. see he's conflicted between it's really nice that I inspire that young girl. And it's even really nice that that girl's dressed like Nat. But... I don't feel comfortable being this idol, being this hero.
1: Well, yeah, and also, there's somebody online, also I saw what I thought was somebody was all like, it's really weird to have like a, it's like having like 9-11 the musical. Yes, yeah. Like, and, then ask, and then asking survivors of 9-11 to go and watch it. <laughs> yeah. And then being all like, why aren't you
0: But also not beyond the realms of possibility that they would do something like that. But
1: it's also, like, I thought it was, especially in the first episode, but they've taken pains to remind us from a non-powered character's perspective how awful that event was. Yeah, Like, um, yeah, I thought Kate's was a bit, like, I tell you what, he God, a that's real annoying. Of- that was a real Chekhov's gun. Like, what the hell? Well, oh, he had a real case of. Um, I thought he had a real case of. This guy's definitely. They've not spent. You know, they've not spent very much money on this actor, have they? <laughs> like, like he was having that argument with with Vera Fmiga, and it was a bit like he's gonna die. Yeah. Because he can't act he's in this scene with her (laughs) it's like they've obviously like saved a little bit of cash on the casting i
0: know but the thing was like you didn't see his body i I just like
1: that was really weird that really felt
0: like is he just gonna pop up in the finale and like like what's the deal there what's happening there
1: but no i guess maybe you don't always just see people die yeah i guess right like you know like i guess and um yeah and i like i liked i liked all of all of it i think yeah Um, if uh, we should rank them, the Disney Plus shows now that we've got how many of them? Five?
0: <sighs> My personal ranking, this, Loki, One Division. Do I like One Division more than Loki? Oh I don't know. I'm gonna stick with that for now. This, One Division, Loki, Falcon Winter Soldier. Is that it? What am I missing? What if? What if, yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I think I'd go exactly the same. This top. I'd go one division second. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I would um, take
0: either one. I love. I think I love them equally. I'll be honest with you.
1: You know what it is? You know, what I
0: think post puts Loki just ahead for me. I thought because it had a strong finale, it was a more complete package than One Division, where I kind of felt like it all fell apart the
1: finale. Yeah, but Loki, but Loki had a shit middle. Like, I, mm. I, I, would you rather have a good beginning and ending? But a crap yeah, true. Or no, that's good, true. Or a good beginning and middle, but a crap ending. Yeah, no, that's like, that's, like, that's babe, very that's very true. Um, but I think all in one division had more things in
0: it. Oh yeah, point. for sure.
1: Um, and, and Stylistically, the, the acting
0: was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. good That works. Vision
1: second. Yeah. Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier probably fought maybe fit. I mean, that was boring. Wasn't it, it was, but you know, the thing um, for
0: me is like, what if it was just like, I think what if possibly has the strongest concept out of all of them and did the least with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and what if, like, like, I think that's a way as well that it really suffers from being episodic in that, like, because I like I only liked, like, three of them and they weren't even tied to the other ones yeah. in any way. It wasn't even, like... Well, my
0: thing was, like, like like you said, I wish they'd committed to that. I wish it was either a complete anthology and every episode was was completely removed and they were just weird different pocket universes or i wish it was established connected from from the beginning but it trying to have it have its cake and eat it i was just like i don't like any of this what what are you doing i don't know go away
1: i like that i like that one where where thor messed up earth that was cool that was fun Um,
0: that was funny yeah but yeah so yeah yeah, marvel keep this up more hawkeye type stuff okay so what's really good patrick what you been listening to watching reading
1: Okay, so are we doing the whole year or just like now?
0: Um, I mean we can do both. Okay, okay, so before the episode started, I asked I just sprang on Patrick that I was gonna ask him about his top five of the year. Whilst he thinks about that, I'm gonna say we can also do what we've seen recently. I have seen Okay, you know what, I was gonna start with something positive, but I'll I'll finish with I'll finish with that. So what I've seen recently that I didn't like, and it breaks my heart to say this I did not like the Matrix Resurrections
1: at all i thought it was all right um i was really
0: i'm really like still coming to terms with how i feel about it because here's the thing okay so i'm not gonna ruin it for anyone there are a lot of interesting ideas in it very very interesting mm. ideas but for me it just it's the same thing as jj J. abram's star wars and i saw a great tweet about jj abram's star wars where someone said I'm tired of seeing films about Star Wars. I want a new Star Wars film. And what they meant by that is, yeah, it's that you have these films that are, you know, Patrick and I make the joke a lot, but it really feels like the member berries, you know? And this feels like, remember Agent Smith? Remember Trinity? Remember the ghosts? Remember the MeroVenture? Like, I, I get it. I've seen the films. I want something new. And the sad thing is, if you read the comics, if you watch the Animatrix... There is so much you can do in that universe that they still haven't, you know, the Animatrix hints at like what 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 are super where do supernatural elements come from in that world? You know, it's it's a glitch, but we as humans have to rationalise it. So we've come up with ghosts and werewolves and things that like, there's that element, you know, how would UFOs fit into that universe? What are they? Are they maybe I don't know? Sentinels getting too close. There's so much stuff you could play with that they don't. There's so many new characters you could introduce. Even someone like the kid from the original trilogy, who he hints at people outside of Neo and Trinity having abilities and being able to, you know, utilize the Matrix in an interesting way. And instead, we spend two and a half hours on agents. And Neo and Trinity being bound together and just like stuff I've seen. I saw it 15 years ago, like do something new. And then like, I could almost deal with all of that if visually it was groundbreaking. Because the thing is, yeah. however much people want to slag off the sequels and you shouldn't go back and rewatch them. They're great. Every single one of those films has something Unique visually in it that no film had done, and a very few films have done as well since. You know, obviously, the first had the bullet time, the second has the burly brawl, the scene on the highway. Was that the third? But, um, you know, they the all the highway
1: chases the second
0: one, yeah. So, they all have even the third has the world made of Smith's. They all have just a scene where you're like, Jesus Christ, how are they doing this? And in the day and age we're in now for CG. I was really hoping they would do something. And yeah, there's like some scenes with doorways and how they uh, managed to navigate the world of the matrix that are quite interesting. But other than that, there are scenes in here which are shot for shot from the original. Even if the context is different, if you see a helicopter from a worm eye view and the shells falling down, it's the exact recreation of when Neo 3 would Morpheus. And it's just too much of that. There's so much pandering and it's, it's not even a love letter to the original trilogy. It's just lazy. And then on top of that, tonally, there's just like weird, quirky, frat boy humour in the middle of it. Did you did you watch the post credit scene?
1: Yes, Awful. I did, yeah.
0: Awful. <laughs> I'm, oh, God. Like I love the Matrix and the Animatrix so much. And I wanted to love this so much. I love the cast from it, but like it's just bad. It's not a good film wow It's not good. well i
1: mean I, I, I thought maybe we'd save that for its own episode but um i thought it was all right we will like, we will uh, we'll do
0: another episode and I'll get into spoilers but i thought um, the last
1: i thought the last half hour was a touch weak uh, i would agree with you that it didn't really have anything of its own going on uh, but i appreciated revisiting the world and seeing how it changed and I enjoyed the new characters and the main characters. I thought it was, it would like the action was weak and mm. that's a real shame. Yeah. It's especially a real shame for a movie in this franchise. Yeah. But
0: especially when it seems I, like Keanu Reeves is maybe even more talented at hand to hand combat than he was when they did the original now. Like yeah, it, what yeah. a waste. I think that
1: that's yeah, that is, it is a, that is a real shame, but I mean, all in, I, I thought it was f- fine i i I really enjoyed the start and it got to a point about halfway through where i was all like oh yeah no i'm really into this and then it kind of petered out towards the end like around the middle i was definitely at a point where i was like well the action's not as good but i don't really mind Hmm. and at the end i was a bit like this is this is boring um but you know i but yeah no i would say it's a it's kind of a six out of ten for me it wasn't it wasn't great that's but it wasn't but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like, slate it, I guess. I uh, would, I would,
0: okay. I would, I think it needs to be put <laughs> in a, I think all copies need to be put in a rocket and that rocket needs to be sent directly to the sun and we'll all pretend <laughs> that it didn't happen. And that's fine because John, uh, Wick, John Wick 4 is out next year and we'll watch that instead. So there was no Matrix sequel. But on the other end of the spectrum, and this is the funny thing. So when they announced Keanu's in, it's got Wachowski behind it. I was like, "Hell, yeah, they cannot fail. they just they've learned too many lessons. this is going to be great. on the flip side, when we started hearing rumors there was going to be a Spider-Man film featuring all three Spider-Man and a bunch of villains, I was like, that doesn't sound like you've learned any lessons. There's way too many villains. there's way too much stuff to wrap up. It's not gonna gel well. I wanted it to be good, but I genuinely was not expecting it to be any good, and oh God,
1: I love that film.
0: I love. No Way Home
1: uh, I liked it a lot um, I would say I Like like a lot of Modern Marvel I felt that it was a touch Crammed with shit yeah. Like there was so much Stuff in it yeah. that, So when me and Beth watched Homecoming One of the things that we said to each other was that I would totally just watch A movie of him and, Ned and MJ at school yeah. Just hanging out even if there was no Spider-Man In it and this is not that <laughs> 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 Pacing is the first hour Oh god the first hour Is just, one of the most it's Boring things You'll ever hour watch hour just like, And it just like it, it, it appears to not Give a fuck About the clip uh, Yeah there was too much shit
0: Are we going to spoil Or should we Lead that to another episode
1: Let's just wait and do it Like I think we could Do a whole thing Cool on, yeah On that on Yeah
0: and I, I agree with you though Pacing um, I could do without The first half um but the second half oh man i really enjoyed it and it's funny because you and i have spoken about this before and i I think like i say it a lot and i seem kind of pretentious and i'm sorry when i do i do think there is like a difference between films and movies and i think a big concession we have to make as comic book fans is that very few comic book adaptations are films they're very cinema it's like you have to deal with the fact it's a movie it's a popcorn experience and mm. they're blockbusters. You know, No Way Home for Me is a five out of five movie as a s as a cinema experience. Like does it is it gonna compare to the works of Tarantino or Kubrick or you know, probably not. But for what it was, I loved it. There's a lot of fan service and I actually feel sorry for anyone that gets dragged along to this that hasn't watched ten years of movies like we have, because it is very yeah. full of nods and winks to to eve there's, there's there's memes in it. There are literal memes in it yes you know and there's moments where people alongside you probably started clapping and you are like why does has everyone clapping for the lawyer you know so i feel sorry if you're not in that world but if you are then yeah it's fantastic
1: what i would say is that it is the most conclusive proof that the so that the the amazing movies robbed andrew garfield because he is the best thing he's the best thing by by a country country mile.
0: mile yes
1: um and he is very clearly could have been the best screen Spider-Man ever if he'd been given the better script. And yeah, that's hundred kind percent. Of, it's nice, and it's really nice to see that redemption, but it's also really sad. Yes, in a way, because well, like, I, don't if, I don't know if you've I, seen there I, is I a was... petition
0: going out at the moment for Amazing Three to happen. Um, and I think, I think what's really nice is that people are actually also asking that Mark Webb return with him. Um, which is really nice. And I think Mark Webb... See, here's the thing. One thing I think Mark Webb did really well, and, you know, I think a lot of people forget this, but Mark Webb's big break was 500 Days of Summer. He does relationships really well. And the stuff between Pete and Gwen is fantastic. It's trying to cram in all the other stuff. Um, And, you know, maybe it goes back to what you said. Maybe the thing about The Amazing is, like, maybe it can't work as a traditional Spider-Man film. Maybe you focus more on the relationships and it's less... Punchy, grabby, and you know, you because personality wise, well, those then guys were great.
1: Cheaper. It'll be cheaper, yeah. yeah. Um, it's less of a risk for Marvel, also. Uh, yeah, I was really disappointed that I was really hoping that his that, that Andrew garfield Spider Man would get left behind, would get like trapped, that would have been great, in, out, in, yeah, in the MCU and, and just stay, yeah, because he's fucking awesome. <laughs> he is. Um, so yeah, but like, uh, yeah, I think we should probably do a whole yeah, episode, cool. yeah, of course. Morning. Um, cool okay so uh, i've been trying to th- i've been trying to think best things of the year uh so what i've got is uh resident evil 8 cool did you have you played resident evil 8 no
0: yes get the crap out of me
1: It's fucking awesome It's so good Uh, It was one of the first things that I got from new consoles And it was well worth Having done that It's scary, it's well paced It's got emotional stuff going on I actually cared about the people in it Which is a real rarity for me (laughs) with games Um, It's really nicely uh, Structured like In terms of how the gameplay space works And how you explore the areas It's got memorable characters It's fucking awesome, if you haven't played it It's probably cheap by now so yeah resident evil 8 would be on my list of things for this year uh suicide squad yeah um agreed i think that's the, the even after watching spider-man stuff that's the best comic book film i I've think seen so this too year. yeah um it was it was funny it was well written it was heartfelt yep. it was brilliant excellent film uh yeah i'd be into that all day i would never kind of i could i would recommend that Uh, to anybody um, Evangelion 3.1 plus 1.01 thrice upon a time (laughs) uh, came out this year that is the uh, that is the fifth Evangelion film of course it is Um, (laughs) the uh, name made it very obvious (laughs) um, it's a kind of a culmination of both Evangelion series, and it's been like it's like 25 years in the making, and is a completely satisfying resolution to both an old anime series and a new series of films. It's fantastic. We're going to do an Evangelion episode sometime soon. Cool. Uh, but it is it's if you if you're into it at all, then I would definitely uh, put that on the list. Uh, and my last two things, what I'm going to go with is um, it has been a spectacular year for both uh one punch man which is a manga that i'm reading weekly uh well no monthly uh and one piece which is a weekly manga uh, cool. both of them have had excellent years so one piece that was announced is going to end in the next five years or so which means that we've probably got like two or 300 more chapters and of course uh, you have the this
0: wonderful live action adaptation that's on the way
1: hey i think that hey, i i i'm not i'm not Assuming that'll be shit <laughs> <laughs> I like what they've done with the casting And the guy who's directing it Gave this interview Where he was all like Guys I fucking love One Piece So I'm, I'm going to give him I'm going to give him a chance okay. You know maybe it'll be alright um, But yeah One Piece has had a Banner year Like every episode every We had chapter 1000 this year uh, Every chapter this year has been great We're coming to the end of the Second to last Major arc of One Piece And it is in the best place it's ever been it's better every week than it was last week and i would i would still i know that a lot of people look at things and they go oh there's a thousand chapters of it it's worth it it's imagine instead imagine if you look at something and you know there's like a thousand chapters or episodes and you think oh well you know that's a lot think of it this way it's better than reading five other manga series (laughs) it's better than watching 10 other tv shows because it's better than everything uh, and i would yeah very much recommend it to anybody so yeah that would be my that would be my top 5 things of the year what have you got um, okay
0: so uh i guess backwards from 5 to 1 the first would probably be life's a beach which is an album by easy life Um, And essentially, it revolves around the lead singer of Easy Life is from Leicester, and so he's never been to the beach. So he and his new girlfriend go to the beach, and as they get to the beach, he discovers that she lied about how much she loves the beach, and he doesn't really know her. So this day at the beach, which should be the most amazing things, becomes, crap, I've invested a lot of time into this thing that I'm not really sure about um and what's amazing (laughs) is that like sonically the album changes so the first halfway is like i'm in love and we're going to the beach it's amazing it's all like really fun and upbeat and then there's a song in the middle called skeletons which is about discovering the skeletons in your in lover's closet and that's very upbeat but the lyrics are all like uh what's happening here like i can't really function without you but then I don't know if I know you. And then the second half of the album is just really downbeat and like really, uh, we rushed into this, didn't we? And now I'm stuck at the beach with you. It's great. I love concept <laughs> albums. And I think a lot of concept albums almost like it's almost ties into the Marvel thing we said earlier. Like a lot of concept albums are like really huge. And I kind of like concept albums that are like, so like The Streets, A Grand Don't Come For Free is literally about uh, he loses a grand and spends the album trying to figure out if his friends stole it from him. And whilst that <laughs> happens, his girlfriend cheats on him. And that's those are the stakes of the album. And it's the same with this. It's just like, maybe don't make grand plans for trips with a girl you've only known for a few weeks. Um, but it's great. It's really well written. It's funny. It's well produced. They're obviously one of those groups that listen to everything. So it kind of bounces back between... Really poppy electronic stuff to a bit of rap, to some spoken word, um, and some indie stuff. And yeah, they're just really talented and I really enjoy it. So if you're like a big fan of pop, I'd recommend that. Um, nice. Number four would probably be Sound of Metal, which is the Riz Ahmed film, which I think was due for release last year, but then COVID kind of pushed it back. And came, so it came out on Amazon Prime early this year. And it's about a heavy metal drummer who's in a duo with his girlfriend who slowly starts to lose his hearing. So he goes to a community where they teach you how to live with the loss of hearing. And it's it's a really beautiful portrayal of what it's like to be a person that either is deaf, hard of hearing, or in the, in the transition between the two. And how you deal with that, how you live, and how people who are living in that community don't see it as a disability. They don't see it as something they're lacking. They see it as a different way they experience the world
1: Um, nice
0: and how how this protagonist struggles with that and most of the cast are made up of people who are really either deaf or hard of hearing there's a lot of american sign language in it and there's a lot of real experiences that they've drawn from and riz Ahmed learned to play the drums for this and he also learned american sign language and one thing that's amazing is that the sound design is incredible so you follow him from being a person who can hear to a person who becomes hard of hearing to a person who becomes deaf and the sound design and all those elements um as someone i have i, stu- I suffer from tonight as myself so i there's there's one effect in this which they did really well which is the moments when you lose that hearing and you just basically hear static or you don't hear all the frequencies properly a lot of that happens in their entire scenes which are silent where characters take out their hearing aid just beautifully portrayed i really i really enjoyed it i thought it was fantastic um cannot really recommend it enough yeah go for that um like you i'd probably put suicide squad the suicide squad number three um for anyone who's listening to this you can rent it download it from all the usual places the blu-ray is available and I imagine that Blu-ray, I haven't checked it out yet, I think I'm going to treat myself in the new year, but I imagine that Blu-ray is probably packed full of amazing special features, There's probably a bunch of making-ofs, and knowing what a geek James Gunn is, I imagine that that director's commentary is just going to be worth the price of admission alone. So if you haven't watched it already, or if you haven't, you forgot how good it was, go get The Suicide Squad, 100% go get that. I spoke about this on our episode where we uh, were joined by the wonderful Rosie Knight, but uh, Summer of Soul incredible documentary about the black harlem cultural festival that happened the same year as woodstock so unfortunately was overshadowed by woodstock but just brilliant archival footage brilliant performances some of the most talented actors uh uh, um, performers you'll see and also just a great uh time capsule of where america was culturally Mm -hmm. at that period it was they were recovering from the assassinations of malcolm x and martin luther there was a lot of uh uh, gentrification happening in new york Mm. there were a lot of racial tensions and this was kind of the one one real thing that the black community had and could hold on to and could really take pride in and you know unfortunately we just kind of lost to time until the, the release of this documentary so i really recommend people check it out what number am i at nice
1: uh, that was number two. Where can we watch that? Because, uh, again, I, I figure we should, you know, always, always. I know around, in the so States, obviously- if
0: you're in the States of Canada, you can stream it on Hulu. I have to hope that soon here it's just going to get a home release because it's no longer in theatres. So, yeah, but I, I highly recommend it. Number one was The French Dispatch by Wes Anderson. Um I have had a lot of discussions about this film because some people I know think it's not Wes Anderson enough and some people I know think it's too Wes Anderson <clears throat> but I loved it. Um it's it's really well shot, it's very funny. There's a bunch of great animation, weird humor as would like most of his films. It just has an insane cast of actors like just having the most fun in their lives francis mcdormand angelica houston jeffrey wright timothy chalamet uh uh what's his face um god he was in loki Uh, Richard grant no the other one
1: tom hiddleston
0: no he's he's his partner he butchers him in the thing
1: owen wilson
0: owen wilson who's in all his films is obviously in this as well bill murray's in this elizabeth moss is in this like i could go and there are so many talented people in slayer sedu um benicio del toro like those are the ones i can remember off the top of my head there was like probably 25 other people that you'll love in this um and some of them only sp- and turn up for five seconds and have the funniest lines the set production and design is just... I went to a, um, an exhibition after this came out where they had the props from the movie and the intricate detail that goes into things that you will see on screen for five seconds. It just blows, like most other films, out of the water. Um, and I'm sure when I go and watch it again, there'll be things I, I catch that I didn't catch the first time. Yeah, just so much fun. If you love cinema, it's kind of... It's a love letter to just what amazing things you can do with the medium.
1: Uh, my mum hated it that's, that's my <laughs> I feedback uh, my I mom, know a lot of people hated my mom, my it I know a lot of people hated it my mum hated it in fairness um, and I know that this isn't something that I'm supposed to say but I fucking hate Wes Anderson so I,
0: I, I think he's in the quiet taste but I love him this isn't his best film I still think Grand Budapest is his, great, his best film um, but yeah I, I really like him and I think this is yeah for me it was just I, I, I think maybe there's some nostalgia tied to it in terms of the fact that it was one of my first cinema experiences of the year and it was like really nice to just be in that setting again and eat popcorn and mm. be around people and so yeah that maybe played into it. But I, I oh I forgot.
1: It. Speaking of Chalamet, actually I forgot. Strike, strike one punch man. June goes on there, the list. Right? Obviously. <laughs> yeah, June goes on the list. That was fucking awesome.
0: Cool. Yeah. Uh, cool. Thank you everyone for listening to us all year. We appreciate you. As always, like and subscribe and give us a five-star review and all that good stuff. Patrick and I will be back some point in New Year. We're probably going to take January to recharge our batteries, but we'll be back. No, we're not.
1: No, we're not. We're we're coming back next week.
0: Okay, cool. All right, we'll be back next week. Um, (laughs) I'm not going to talk about it yet, but uh, we will be introducing a new podcast, you know, because why have the fun of just trying to balance one podcast when I could balance two? So there'll be a new podcast I'm working on. Patrick and I, I guess, we need to come up with a name for our podcast network. We'll do that, but yeah, we're working on another podcast, sure. um and also possibly uh another video that we'll do. And uh once Patrick and I figure out how exactly to film ourselves, if you can't, if you don't have a particular platform you listen to, we'll try and get the podcast onto YouTube. If that's easier for people, but we'll figure that out and do that in New Year. So yeah, I guess we'll be back next week, Patrick. So what we'll be covering next week.
1: Uh probably Spider Man, I, I reckon.
0: Yeah, cool, that makes sense. Yeah, what's it freshens the mind.
1: Um, and when you think of a name, a name for a park, like like big round horse network.
0: Yeah, that's, there you go. Magic first yeah, time. <laughs>